don't know what song Christmas, it is. Christmas, Christmas. Oh God. No. 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 Welcome to Conservation Nation. This is Tiffany. And this is Shauna. And this episode is going to be a special Christmas episode since that's coming up next week. Exactly. Which is crazy. December has just flown by. The last time our last podcast was about Halloween and now we're already on Christmas. <laughs> yeah, we kind of just skipped over a couple of months and went straight into the holidays. Yeah, it's pretty busy though. We were, we've been pretty busy in the office uh, doing grant stuff and, and um, all that jazz. <laughs> We're really on to the songs this right this, today. I think we got we got stuck this morning uh, talking about the hippopotamus song. Yeah, and now yeah, now we're just going through jazz. all the songs. Yeah, <laughs> I was hoping you were making a song reference, and I wasn't just losing my mind. Yeah, I was making a song <laughs> reference, which was very impressive. I know they just come out of me sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, today we're going to be talking about Christmas trees, right? Yeah, right in time for the holiday season. So. Right. All things Christmas. Right. I mean, we had our pumpkin spice, and so now we're moving on to Christmas. Yeah. Evergreen dreams. So, uh, what have you been up to specifically, Shauna? So, yeah. I haven't been up to too much. I applied uh, to go to the National Association of Conservation Districts annual meeting in Orlando, Florida, over, actually, over Valentine's Day. Then I get to present our district's technical assistance grant, which actually pays for your position. So that'll be really fun. Well, I'll have to make a poster. And I've never been to Orlando, so I think that'll be really cool. We'll be right on the, like, the edge of the park, I think, at the big resorts. So that'll be really cool. I think it'll be really fun. And it's great publicity for, you know, what we do with your grant. Yeah, yeah, that'll be exciting. You'll have to take yeah. lots of pictures so that we can post them. Yes, yeah, we will. Because and then we can have a like recap on it. Oh yeah, that'd be a good episode. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So that should be good. What have you been up to, Tiffany? <laughs> you have some exciting news. Yes. So I actually accepted a job in Kentucky with the Bureau of Mine Reclamation and Enforcement. So next month I will be moving down to Kentucky. Yay! I mean, not yay because you're leaving, (laughs) but but yay because you get a new job. So that's really exciting. It'll be exciting. I'll still be on the podcast with Shauna and we'll just have a a bit of a wider range now. Yeah. Yeah. This is, aw, this will be our last podcast together, like in person. Right? Aw, so sad. Unless you come back and visit. Uh, okay, anyway, but yes, yeah, so exciting about your new position. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, doing something different in reclamation, mine reclamation. Yep, um, we're all sur- surface level. We don't go down into the mines, so it's just uh, returning them back to nature, basically, nice. is what it is. So. Nice. So cool. You'll just be able to bring so much more to the podcast. <laughs> right. Something different. Right. A whole nother flavor is A what we're going to add. A whole nother flavor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is awesome. Right. It'll be exciting. Yes. Very so. exciting. So if you are listening to this <laughs> and want to be a part of the Northwest Area's team. Yes. You should apply to be the forester. Although the application might be done. Or it might be closed by the time this is out. So our application process is going to be open till the 20th. And hopefully we'll have this posted tomorrow. We're recording on the 16th. Hopefully it'll be out 
tomorrow. I say that with a lot Great of impulse. false confidence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But hopefully, so you'll have a couple of days. Um, just go out, check out our Facebook page, check out the Perkins Conservation Office Facebook page, and all the details are going to be right there. Awesome. We So let's get right into it. Uh, like I mentioned before, we're talking about Christmas trees today. Tiffany, you had done a little bit of research on kind of the history of Christmas trees and how uh, they came, came to be so associated with this time of year. Yeah, I went down a, a real rabbit hole on this one. The History Channel, their website has everything Christmas. It is such a good resource. I was reading about not only Christmas trees and where they came from, but also Christmas traditions and how they got started. Um, just a lot of just random stuff, a lot of stuff about Santa Claus and all that, but we're going to stick to Christmas trees today. So Christmas trees got their start, uh, the actual tree themselves, evergreens, got their start a very very long time ago. So as most people know, Christmas is full of pagan traditions because obviously as you were trying to get them to convert, the best way to do that was to also keep their traditions in intact. Mm -hmm. It's actually believed that Jesus wasn't even born on Christmas Day. Um, that's just when we celebrate it, which there is nothing wrong with that. Please <laughs> do not come for me. I'm just saying. Um, yeah. But it's always easier for people who are being converted to keep the same because lots of different people had celebrations during the end of December. So it was always easier to so like associate it with their yeah, traditions yeah, that they already yeah, had. While as they were being converted. So right. So like the ancient Egyptians, they thought it was their sun god during winter had gotten sick. The winter solstice was the 21st through the 22nd, which was the shortest day and the longest night. And after that, their god would get better. Um, the Egyptians' god of the sun was Ra. Um, and then you had the Romans, who also believed something similar along those lines. And their god of agriculture was Saturn. So they celebrated this because after that, you know, their gods were going to get better and it was going to bring spring and uh, summer to the people. Yep. And they they symbolized this. They filled their homes. The Egyptians filled their homes with uh, green palm rushes. And that symbolized the triumph of life over death, where the Romans actually used evergreens to decorate it because it was supposed to represent like everlasting life, but also to remind them of the green that was going to come from it. Mm -hmm. So that's where it got its most ancient start from. And then it was actually, but it was the Germans that actually get the credit for modern day Christmas trees because mm -hmm. they used to create what were called Christmas pyramids which was you know a wooden pyramid and they decorated that with evergreen and candles so then they would also bring in you know actual Christmas trees themselves so like uh evergreens and whatnot into their house and then they started just merging the two traditions together it's also believed a widely held belief so obviously there's no proof of this, but I think it's a really cute story that in the 16th century, Martin Luther, a Protestant reformer, was walking home and he saw the stars shining through an evergreen and thought that would look, you know, it's looked really pretty. So he decided to bring, you know, an evergreen in and actually light it with candles. Yeah, that's such a lovely story. Right. 
And then it eventually made its way over to America, but surprisingly, most of the 19th century uh, Americans found the Christmas tree to be a bit of an oddity, and was actually banned for a while because it, you know, has roots in pagan traditions. Yep, and the New England Puritans at the time, Christmas was considered obviously quite sacred, and other customs that had been adopted in other countries around Christmas, like the Christmas tree, were banned. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But by like the 1890s, they were starting to bring Christmas ornaments over and Christmas trees had grown in popularity. The early 20th century is when it truly became popular. And most Americans by then were decorating them with like homemade ornaments, stuff like that. German Americans, they traditionally stuck to apples, nuts, and marzipan cookies. Which, interesting, I'm, um, I was actually born over in Germany along with my mother and we have German roots. And on my Christmas tree, some of the ornaments that were handed down to me were actually these little apple ornaments that we got from Germany. And until I was reading this article, I didn't realize just like how ingrained that was to actually have apples on your tree. So, ah, that's so cool. Right? So yeah, now we have Christmas trees. Yeah. I also think it's really interesting this Um, article that you showed me about how Queen Victoria and her husband, Prince Albert, who was German, they had such a big influence on Christmas traditions because obviously Prince Albert was German, so he had his traditions with a Christmas tree. And so Queen Victoria obviously adopted those traditions. And because she was such a popular uh, royal, once she was uh, seen having these elaborate Christmas trees, then all of her subjects and like the upper class of Britain at that time adopted it too, because then it was fashionable to have all this stuff. Right. Yeah, it's so interesting. And then it made its way to America to be fashionable. Yeah, yep, exactly. Which is, I mean, that's super interesting. And the fact that the queen had such a big influence on people. Yeah, yep. Which I'm I'm glad. I I really love decorating my Christmas tree. Me too, (laughs) me too. And then it kind of, this article too, I think is, this is kind of a side note. And then Christmas trees just became so popular in the U.S. And, for example, the Rockefeller Center mm. has a major Christmas tree. And every year they decorate it. And, you know, they have, like, thousands and thousands of lights that go on this tree. Right. And... Well, the interesting thing about that is, okay, so obviously you don't have just, like, giant pines and evergreens growing in New York City. So you're not going to get it from there. And it actually usually comes... I. I believe it mostly comes from the West Coast. So they ship the Rockefeller tree across America. And when they do that, they actually, they wrap it in a banner that does say Rockefeller Center. Mm -hmm. So it's a big deal. And you can find it on Facebook and YouTube and stuff when the Rockefeller tree is coming through different cities and people will be out there cheering and have their phones out and videotaping. Yeah, that stuff is so cool. Um, I know like obviously on the Capitol grounds and the White House grounds, they have uh, trees and so I they have trees and I watched the lighting of the tree for NRCS and it's so interesting because like I think the tree this year came from someplace in California when they have a tree being cut down that goes to the White House Capitol like yeah like you said like a huge deal all the kids in the community get really involved and they like make all these handmade ornaments that then go on the tree and it's just like oh so nice right it's just nice seeing people come together like that I know it's such a good such a good tradition right hopefully it'll be here for many years to come yeah (laughs) 
so yeah, that's where we, we got our start from. Um, a lot of people, I know like my tree is very fake and uh, it was my parents' tree and it's actually been losing needles for the past five years. So it's a, <laughs> it's a gorgeous tree. It really is. But uh, I string it up with garland and lots of ornaments because it's so fair. <laughs> Lovely. But you don't have to go with the fake tree. No. Because but, you actually have a live tree, yes, don't you? Yes, we have a live tree. We go up into the Slim Buttes and cut a tree. And yeah, it's awesome. It's such a wonderful tradition. Yeah. So we can talk about the different types of Christmas trees. Obviously, you were talking about you have an artificial one. Mm-hmm. Um, myself, our family, we cut one down in the Slim Buttes, like I had said. And for people who can't cut down their own tree... You can always go to a Christmas tree farm or anything like that. So before we get too far to the Christmas tree farm, cutting down your own tree. If you do not have trees on your property, what are you going to do? Because I did not grow up with live trees. Um, my mom believed that they lose needles. If she's... <laughs> I saw your Christmas uh, tree now. <laughs> yeah, the, the needles I lose off of that. But I have cut down two Christmas trees in my life. Once in Florida when I was working on a chainsaw crew and... Uh, uh, and then I've cut down one here in South Dakota, but it was a very new idea for me. So I had no real clue. I talked to you and Sarah a lot about it because I did not know what I was doing. Yeah. So if you're going to cut down your own tree, obviously you can get a tag from the Forest Service. If it's Forest Service land, which I would probably get your tree from. So then if you get it through the Forest Service, you usually can just go on www.recreation.gov and print off a tag. Usually they're like $2 or something like that. Other other times in the past they've had it so you actually had to go to a place and pick up a tag, but you can just do it online now, which is super handy. So then when you go up there, you have your tag that you printed off and then you pick your tree. Nice. Yes. Awesome. Um, yeah, I'd make sure that you have room to take it home. <laughs> the way of getting it back to your house. Do not look at a big tree and think, ah, oh, so wonderful. But you have to remember it actually has to fit in your house. So. But if you are getting it from a stand, if you're getting a real Christmas tree from a stand, you should probably check for the fresh freshness because lots of times they are cut months and months ago be shipped and that kind of stuff. So the first thing you should do if you're checking for a tree at a Christmas tree sales lot. You give the tree a light but vigorous shake. Not crazy, <laughs> but just a vigorous shake. Um, if it is fresh, only a few interior needles should fall out of the tree. So obviously, if a pile of brown needles like Tiffany's artificial tree <laughs> <laughs> right. fall off, you should probably, it's just not fresh. So you should probably just Go move for a different. Yeah, move along. Um, the next thing you should do is reach into a branch and pull the needles gently through your hand as you move to the tip. They should only, yeah, slightly bend to the touch. If the needles break off completely, the tree is dried out too much. Once you get the tree to your home, leave it outside in the shade while you set up the stand. The choice of stand is probably the most critical factor in maintaining the freshness of the tree once it's actually in your home. The stand should be able to hold one half to one gallon of water. A new tree may absorb this amount on the first day. So they suck up a lot of water. Yeah. And um, when you go to put it in the stand, you want to make sure to cut off the yes. bottom of the trunk so that it so that's fresh so that it can actually absorb the water yep, up into exactly. it. Yep, exactly. Um, you have to cut the base between a half and one inch from the bottom. This will open the sap-filled pores. 
that transport the water through the tree. It doesn't have to be cut at like slanted or anything like that. Doesn't make any difference. So it's just perpendicular to the trunk is fine. Yep. Do not drill holes into the, into the trunk or whittle it smaller. Either of this will improve uptake. I guess some people do that. I've never heard of that before. <laughs> the, so another important thing to remember is a tree will use, yeah, one quart of water per day for every inch trunk diameter at the base. So if, you're, if you have a tree with three inch base, it may use three quarts of water a day. Oh, it's also important to remember to clean the stand. So wash the stand you're going to use with bleach. And so a cap full of bleach to a cup of water and then let it dry before placing the tree in it. Clean stand does not actually increase the life of a tree, but it may eliminate smell. Once the tree is in the stand, add water and then never let the never let the stand become empty because if the stand becomes empty for more than six to eight hours, the tree's pores plug up again. So then it doesn't really it doesn't matter how much water you give that tree, pores are plugged, so it's not gonna suck it up. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, there are some trees you could buy that are more drought resistant. Mm. So then you don't have to worry as much. Obviously, you do still need to water them. Yeah. But if it occasionally like runs a little dry in between, then mm-hmm. it's not that big of a deal. Something like a scotch pine, which we have a lot of up here. Mm-hmm. Since they're very hardy, very drought resistant, they can actually survive a little while without water. So yeah, that's something to take into consideration when you're actually picking out your variety of tree. Yeah. Well, so I guess another thing to remember is that nothing actually needs to be added to the water to improve mm. needle retention. I know there's commercial tree freshener products that are supposed to increase the life, but they do not significantly yeah. increase the life. Neither does aspirin, sugar, soft drinks, or vodka. It's important to remember to place the tree in a spot that receives only indirect light from the windows and not near any heat duct or fireplace. Or your attempt to deep fry the turkey. This is a, that was a nice add-in from Dr. John Ball. Oh, he's the best. He's so sarcastic. But I really hope nobody's deep frying, which I guess this is just because it's where I put my Christmas tree. But I really hope nobody's deep frying their, their turkey, A, inside, or B, in the <laughs> living room. I know you want to watch the football game, but... <laughs> Not worth it. Yeah. So the, hopefully these tips help you with keeping um, a tree alive yeah or so one point you haven't touched on yet is like how long can you keep a cut tree because i i was up at menards a week or two before thanksgiving and there are people buying live tree and quite frankly (laughs) i don't think they're going to make it to thanksgiving uh to christmas not thanksgiving i know traditionally what i heard especially when i worked for lowe's and actually worked or quote-unquote Christmas tree lot, which was just freezing your butt in a poorly made shack um, to sell maybe five trees. But I was always told you wanted to wait until the week after Thanksgiving to pick out your trees or the day after Thanksgiving so that they actually last to Christmas. That's a good point. And I guess you're going to probably talk about that here in a second with uh, the types of Christmas trees because some Christmas trees do retain their needles better. Mm -hmm than others um because if you buy it too soon you're you're gonna have a brown tree by christmas yeah right <laughs> just because they're selling them doesn't mean you should be buying exactly, them. exactly <laughs> exactly yeah so the most popular 
one of the most popular Christmas trees is the Fraser fir. It has a very pleasant fragrance, excellent needle retention. They will last the entire holiday season, and the branches are stiff enough to hold most ornaments. Nice. Uh, the bright green needles are white on the underside, and this makes for a very attractive display. Another good one is balsam fir. Uh, they, however, don't last quite as long, and the branches aren't quite as stiff. So, and then there's the other firs. So, pine trees you had mentioned before. Pines are very popular as well. Obviously, probably the actually probably the most popular Christmas tree in the country. Um, Which is, makes sense. Scotch pine. They have pleasant fragrance, excellent needle retention, and the branches are stiff enough to hold uh, very heavy ornaments. Eastern white pine is actually another pine that's commonly sold at Christmas tree lots. They're not quite as good as the Scotch pine for heavy ornaments. They have kind of flexible branches, um, and they have very soft needles. Spruces are not as popular of a Christmas tree due to their relatively poor needle retention. If you want to have a Colorado blue spruce as your Christmas tree, you should probably wait until a couple weeks before Christmas before cutting one or setting it up. The needles may only last that long. Once the needles begin to fall, they're the worst ones because they are very sharp and very yeah. pokey on the feet. But their branches are very stiff and can support heavy ornaments. So I'm thinking of ones in our air. Black Hill spruce is not a commonly available Christmas tree on lots. However, they can be cut down at the National Forest, like mm -hmm. we had said earlier. It does make a nice tree, particularly when cut fresh, though needle retention is poor. Yep. And they don't really have the best fragrance. Yeah. So they can, if you crush the needles too much, they can have a musky smell. Yeah. So I think commonly here, what most people in the office cut down is the ponderosa pine because mm -hmm. it's in large part not pokey. And it's also very available in the buttes. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Another kind of interesting thing that you can do if you want a Christmas tree, but you don't want it to die, basically, if you're going to invest however much money on a tree maybe you'd actually like to have a tree at the end of the season and so this is kind of a newer thing I guess I hadn't really heard of it before but having a live Christmas tree so buying a live Christmas tree I guess I should say a live Christmas tree versus traditional Christmas tree is that the live tree actually is like potted like mm -hmm. ha has a root ball if you plant it it will live hopefully I mean, yeah, you're always taking the risk, but I mean, if you have uh, land or even if you have a spot in your front yard, you could always go and get a live or a potted Christmas tree. And there's a couple of different ways to go about it. There's not one like set in stone way. So, and there's no one set in stone type of tree because you can do this with pretty much any type. They're usually smaller trees, probably less than six feet, just because you know, the size. So I know in South Dakota, Christmas trees sold as living Christmas trees are small, usually two feet or so, and they're usually Colorado blue spruce or American Arbor Vitae. So yeah, you would buy these trees um, from a store, and then you would take them into your house, preferably not for a long time, because otherwise, if you keep them in a warm, sun sunny room, they will usually come out of dormancy. Um, so they actually need to be exposed to the cold. They are not a house plant. No. <laughs> I mean, you could very well try to keep one as a house plant. I've seen people do crazier things. Yeah. Um, so if you were planning on doing that, 
you could keep it in your house year round, mm-hmm. but, but otherwise you don't ideally, want to. Ideally, the live tree has only been in the house and your house for 10 to 14 days. And if it's been longer, the tree may be more susceptible to freezing weather when you do take it outside. Yep. And the one you were reading about was for smaller trees. I actually read an article where uh, somebody talked about their personal experience with Mm -hmm. bringing in like six foot, 250 pound trees. Wow. Yeah, right. But they usually, they go to a nursery and they pick out their tree before Thanksgiving and actually tag it. And then a week or two before Christmas, they go and get it because they had the same comment of 10 days inside, no longer than that. Some things they suggested, because these ones don't come in pots, that would be be a big pot. Um, Mm. They come with their root balls wrapped in burlap, typically. Yeah. And they said if you get a, you know, something that looks nice, they use like a metal tub for theirs, or you can even build a box. You want it to be just a little bit bigger than the root ball because this is going to help it with retaining water. And you are definitely going to have to water these. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise, once you get them outside, it's game over. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's important. And then you, once you do get a big tree like that outside, it actually takes some preparation before to put a large living Christmas tree back outside. Yep. And they typically, they don't wait till spring. I know um, John Ball has a different way that Sean will talk about in a minute. But what they do is before the ground freezes, they dig a hole that's just big enough for the root ball. You don't want it too deep. If you go too deep, you're actually going to suffocate the tree. And then they fill the hole itself with leaves to kind of insulate the ground. And they put the dirt in tarp in a tarp, and then they take that into a shed or something so the dirt stays cold but it doesn't freeze over. So one thing I read in this article, which I hadn't heard about too much personally, but once I researched it, it sounded like a great thing. But you can get an anti-desiccant. And what it does it is it provides a protective co- uh, coating to the needles themselves, and it actually helps reduce moisture loss. So you can spray your tree down with that before you take it outside to plant it. And then right. obviously you cut the rope, make sure you get the burlap out of there, and then just make sure you pack it down nice and tight around it and you haven't kept it inside too long. Because yes. that's going to be the key with this one. It leaves dormancy and starts, you know, putting out new new needles and stuff, and you put it outside and it freezes, it's going to kill the tree. Exactly. But Um, John Ball had a different method for the smaller ones? Yep. For since the pot, so for potted trees, potted living Christmas trees, um, his suggestion was to place these potted trees in an unheated garage. Light is not necessary or even desirable, it really doesn't matter. And then put straw or other insulating material around or over the pot to keep it keep it warmer than 20 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. So if you're looking for, you know, a way to start a new tradition, especially if you have some land where you can you are looking to reforest it in a way, or you have a shelter belt that's missing a few conifers and stuff, this would be a great way to do it. You'll have the trees, you know, after Christmas, you could always put it in your front yard and string it up with lights next year and Bring in a new living Christmas tree. Exactly. I think it's kind of a cool thing I'd never heard of before. So I never, um, I think John Ball is the one that turned us on to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Yeah. So that was it's pretty cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now that we've talked shop about Christmas trees, let's get on to the fun segment. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> we don't um we don't have a weird fact this time. We are just gonna talk Christmas. And yeah. I think uh the thing we were both like discussing was a. Uh, talking about our favorite classic Christmas movies and we haven't told each other what our favorites are. So this should be interesting. I know. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? You can go first. Okay. So I have, I actually have two. <laughs> Love it. So my classic Christmas movie is the Santa Claus 1994 Tim Allen. I know that one. I love that one. That is so good. I know. It's just so, it's just a classic feel good. Right. Like, and it was like it. the the like classic like nineties and early two thousands like family dynamics and everything. <laughs> yeah. Like it's such a throwback, but it's I know, so it's good. It's so good. And it's oh, so, so feel good. good too. I love Gosh, feel it's good. almost it's crazy. And so I also want to say my second one. Okay. So for my family, I don't really know if this is actually a Christmas movie, but we watched this movie at Christmas, like every single year growing up. And I think it's awesome. I love musicals. It's the sound of music. Rodgers and Hammerstein's The Sound of Music, okay. which Lane does not think is a Christmas movie, but I'm like, we I, we have to watch it Christmas Eve. Like, it, it to me, it is a Christmas movie. It's so, so good. It's, it's clearly a McNaughton Christmas movie, <laughs> but I wouldn't call it a Christmas movie, unfortunately. No, it's But not, it's a tradition for you. Yes. And it's it's something me, your family does. It's a does. movie I watch at Christmas. Right. I understand it's not, like, doesn't have any, like, Christmas themes, blah, blah, right. blah. But to me, it's like, that's like, when you, when we were talking about Christmas movies, this is the one that I oh, thought of instantly. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because yeah, it's. Because I guess there was, like, that knee-jerk reaction of, this is a Christmas movie, and then something else came to mind afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. So, I like those movies, though. The sound of music is good. I just... It is good, but... I I wouldn't consider it Christmas. (laughs) Which is why... It's Christmas for you. I knew you would say that, so then I had my actual classical Christmas movie, which is the Santa Claus, because that one is my favorite. Okay, Jimmy, what's yours? <laughs> so my knee jerk obviously was How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh, that's a I good just, one. I love that. Which one. one are you talking about? The the classic. The, the cartoon. cartoon. Okay, good choice. I mean, the live action ones were <laughs> interesting. Um, not the biggest fan of those. The the newest cartoon one was adorable. I haven't so, seen that one yet. I need oh, to see it. You need to watch it. It's so cute. Um, so it's not as long as you don't think of it, because obviously this has been happening with a lot of stuff from our childhood where they've been bringing it back, but like new. As long as you don't try to like compare it to the original, it's actually a really good movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. A lot of that stuff you have to like disconnect your 90s mind from it. <laughs> Hashtag not my Grinch. <laughs> so once I got past my knee jerk, um, I, I, of course, of course, this is the one we always watch. It's a family favorite with everybody. It's a year without Santa Claus. I don't know if I've seen it. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen it before. <laughs> I'm sorry, Shauna, we can't be friends. <laughs> No, Heat Miser. Gosh, you you have to have seen this. I don't know if I did. We were Shauna. watching the sound of music. No, <laughs> oh, Shauna. Yeah, I don't. I am so disappointed in you. Yeah. Oh, sorry. This reminded me of another one of my favorites. White. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. We're fighting about this right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever Snow seen Snow Miser, Heat Miser. Um, Miss 
Doctor, he Oh, yes. Yes, I have seen this. 101. Yep. <laughs> Claymation. Yes. Yeah. Claymation is the way to go. I did not recognize the the name, <sighs> but yeah, I, that, I totally have seen it. Yeah, it's no, so I totally cute. has such I a good thought message. I didn't because I thought it was a. I was confused, but no. And later on, they did actually come out with the Miser Brothers. That is a movie in itself, a I Miser s- Brother Christmas. Okay. But the original is just that's where it's at. A Miser Brother Christmas is cute though. Not as good, but cute. <laughs> oh, I totally forgot about this movie though. Like all those original like claymation movies were, yeah, they were so Rudolph. Good. Yeah, yeah, Rudolph was a good one. What about like if we were talking modern movies? What would your favorite be? Um, I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> oh, modern movie. Oh, you know one that I just recently watched that was really good was Love Hard. <gasps> Oh, that's a very Netflix. like that's like recent recent. Right. Yeah. Another one of like the Netflix, you know, Christmas was right. Operation uh Christmas Drop, which oh, I love. It's which so was amazing. Good. It's so underrated too. Um, <laughs> it's based off of actual like an actual operation that happens yeah, every they year. Have in Guam. It's so cool. Oh, yeah, what about you? What's one. your mo- most like I'm a little disappointed you didn't say it, but Elf. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Santa. yeah. Uh, they come oh. out with such good movies around Christmas. They do. Christmas. Elf, I, actually, Elf is probably, like, a the most popular recent, you know? Like, I think it's going to yeah. be, like, a classic classic. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a classic. Mm-hmm. Oh, love Elf. Me too. So good. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. Well, yeah. So, I guess that's... That's our Christmas episode. Hopefully you guys Hopefully enjoyed you it. I giggle at least out of it and <laughs> learn something new. Right? Tiffany, we will miss you. Oh, I'm going to miss you guys too. <laughs> well, not on so the podcast, bad. obviously. But... I know, obviously we're going to still have our podcast. Yes. But, and, uh, I mean, that's just how life goes That's now. how it is, yep. If you've liked this podcast, then make sure to actually like and subscribe to us. If you can leave a review, leave a review. We love to see them. We also have a Facebook page, and we're going to put up pictures of our Christmas trees. And feel free to comment your pictures, because we would love to see them. Hey, guys. We'd love to hear what you want to hear about. Um, Our next podcast is probably, hopefully, going to be in January. We'll have to see, obviously, with me moving. But, uh... We will hopefully be more regular because... Right, because we'll be doing it after hours. Yeah. But yeah, I can definitely... We'll definitely talk about Kentucky. Uh, after February, we're going to give a recap on you going down to I the know. NACD. And are we almost at a year of having one? We'll have our year... I don't know, actually. Because, um, yeah... We- yeah, we're almost there. Because yeah. uh, planting season is where we lapse. So we either started in February or March. I think so. Anyway. That's exciting. Yeah. So then we'll be on to season two. But yes. everyone have a happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Yep. Happy New Year. Happy Hanukkah. Yeah. And <laughs> any other holidays we're any forgetting? Any other holidays we're forgetting. Because there's a lot of holidays. Yes. So... <laughs> But everybody have a happy holidays. Stay safe. Stay warm. Yes. Merry Christmas. Yay. 2022. Woohoo. <laughs>